0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Not Safe for Wonks. You're here with me, Kennedy Cooper. You also I'm got also- Brandon Buchanan. Say hi.
1: Hi. Hello. How are you? How I'm goes good? It how are been? you? Uh, I'm shut in. I'm going. Cre- I feel like the entire podcast world. If you ask anyone how they're doing, we're all doing the same now. We're all losing our minds. Uh, I saw a report today that said 36% of people said their mental health has dipped uh, just based on the last couple of weeks. There's nobody that's getting through this completely normal. Just some of us are better at pretending about it than others. Uh, like
0: me, so- I'm good at pretending about it. I painted <laughs> I painted a nice, beautiful sunshine scene over every boarded up window. So now it's like I'm outside.
1: Yeah. You know. um, That's a little bit strange. I'm going to be very honest with you, but I'm glad that you are doing productive action and not just pacing back and forth in your house.
0: Uh, We got some wonderful folks here with us tonight. If you remember us being on the show Political Hack and Slash recently with Chris Richards and Niall Elkin, well, guess what? They're here on our show tonight. It's a crazy, freaky Friday kind of situation. We don't know what's going on. They've invaded the studio. We told them we're supposed to be social distancing, but they're here anyway. So now we're going to record. Say
2: hi. How's it going? Uh, This is Niall yeah, political hack and slash co-host Chris Richards. Um, Yeah, uh, we're we're managing. I think I'm probably managing the best of the family. Uh, We've gone from uh, maybe we should have our own uh, chickens and vegetables to, hey, maybe we should start digging the bunker and buying guns. But other than that, you know, everything, <laughs> everything's normal.
3: <laughs> well, I, I I can see the, the the slow worry that we might be headed in that latter direction. I'm Chris Richards. I'm Niles' co-host on Political Hack and Slash. I wish I could say that things were as different for me as they should be, but I'm an essential worker. Uh, so life hasn't mm-hmm. changed as oh. much as it should. Yeah, uh, that on. said...
2: I'm still doing my regular work stuff too. Since out on the farm, I don't interact with a lot of people. Um, just the you know random jobs that we do. So
3: and I'm uh, I'm going into work, and fortunately, I just sit at a cubicle and talk on the phone. So it's not terribly much more of a risk than sitting at home at a desk and talking on a podcast.
0: Well, here you are talking on this podcast, and you know we had a really good time going on your show. For the audience out there who hasn't seen it, uh, Political Hack and Slash is a YouTube show. Um, it's just a big, hot, rambling mess of takes, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a riot. Like, if you, if you enjoy the messy, nonstop weirdness over here, you're probably going to like their show. So, uh, you know, it was great to be on your show, and now it's even more great to have you here. And, uh, we're just going to kind of get into the state of things, I guess. I mean, I don't know what there is to... I feel like besides, besides kind of like uh, examine the situation that we're in. Yeah, post through it. That's
1: (laughs) we're posting through the apocalypse. I'm so, I think the top number one thing is that the states of America are are at war with each other over ventilators. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the number one thing that stuck out to me this week was Gavin Newsom was doing an interview on ABC. And they're talking to him, you know, and whenever you're talking to an executive, you're walking through a garden for some reason. There's always a, a fucking garden on tap to walk through with a reporter. <clears throat> and uh, they, they're they like, man, this is a really messed up situation because Trump has taken these ventilators, the federal supply, and sold them to private companies that are selling them back to the state. So that, that we've got to go through two levels of markup and grift before we can actually help anyone.
3: Uh, All right. And I, I hate I hate the resistance uh, bad mouthing Trump to ignore problem with Democrats so, but I really want to go on the record of saying Trump sucks right now.
2: Yeah, Trump definitely sucks. Um yeah. uh, I, I think I tweeted yesterday uh, uh if I you know there is one nice thing I could say about Trump and then I said fuck that fuck Trump. Um but um yeah uh, apparently our military right now is uh spending our logistics resources to uh, round up um Uh, medical supplies around the world, and then give them to private companies to then put on the marketplace and, and sell competitively and make everyone bid against. Yeah. (laughs) That's our wonderful government right now. Um, You know, I'm just hoping, yeah, I'm just hoping this doesn't totally devolve um, at this point. Well,
3: my, my home state of Oregon, the governor sent 140 ventilators to New York. 140. A whole 140. What, uh, what? Well, that's a little bit like Bezos donating $25
1: million to a fund. It's just like, yeah. here you go, buddy. But look, Uh-oh. realistically, go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, realistically, every ventilator counts right now. I mean, you might think that 140 is a small number, but it, it does matter. And they were talking to Gavin matter. Newsom. They were talking to Gavin Newsom, and uh, they were just telling him about this situation. And he said, yeah, it's it's a really rough situation, but luckily... California is a really large state, we're a big economy, we're the fifth largest economy in the world. So, you know, when those ventilators hit the market, we're bidding really high for them. And I'm like, "Well, that's great to hear if I live in California. If I live in any, any other state in the union, I'm like, well, this is bad. This is really bad." <laughs> it felt like he was doing local media and he was like, "Well, California will be fine. We'll we'll do just fine. What about the the rest of us?"
3: Kind of sucks and i i i know what an intelligent governor you guys have down there
2: i I think you're being sarcastic there um uh but um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know and i think so i'm kind of concerned about some of the numbers coming out of california because i don't really trust them Um, we have a very segregated state especially with like farm workers and other uh, immigrant types of workers. Um, not to mention just, you know, the rich and the poor, all the service uh, sector kind of people, the people in the fast food restaurants and all that. And the numbers seem to be way too rosy right now, like as far as deaths and, and like, uh, we're getting passed up by like Florida and, um, uh, Michigan, right. Uh, in the numbers. And, um, and, and my, my worry is that they're just suppressing, um, the number of people that are dying, um, new york they've got uh, prisoners digging graves for uh, mass graves for six dollars an hour um, um i forget i think that's what which um what's the penal what's the penal colony there penal colony the, the prison there um and and uh, the military has given us a hundred thousand body bags uh, I, I imagine that hundred thousand is not meant to uh, encompass the whole need i mean obviously the system already has a certain number of body bags uh, so i don't know, that's I don't know. the... Uh,
3: getting into stand stuff folks we are getting into the stand stuff the
2: stand stuff what's stand stuff
3: oh the stand is a book by stephen king oh the
2: stand yes the stand is a was it was a great uh i like i like the i like the format of that movie it's not as well are there two versions of that
3: there's one version of the tv miniseries but there's there's two versions of the book he wrote one version of the book in the in the '70s, and then he re- he wrote an expanded edition, okay. including a bunch of the stuff he edited out of, edited out of the original after the TV miniseries because of its success.
2: Yeah, this would be a lot like the Captain Tripp's infection in the Stand, because in the Stand, the infection they get again, people didn't get sick at first, right? So it was exactly. Spread all throughout the the population and then people.
3: There were people who were trying to keep other people out of their states and towns in the stand.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's already started.
0: It's it's uh it is a little Stephen Kingish out there right now, especially uh I don't know about y'all, but The streets here are just spookily empty at times, uh, and at times that they shouldn't be, you know, it's just it's just weird seeing so much, uh, especially like certain parts of town just kind of shut down. Uh, It's it's wild. I don't know.
1: why are you in these certain parts of town to even see them shut down? You should be at home. What are you doing?
0: Well, I wasn't out. I didn't go anywhere. I, whoa. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. we uh... are
1: going to have to bring out the cops. They're going to have to bring Asac Schrader from Breaking Bad to hose you. Uh, <laughs> and, and, like some fire equipment. If we see you outdoors, you shouldn't even know what the outside world is like. You need to embrace the real podcast lifestyle. Uh, during this time of (laughs) crisis
0: i'm i'm lowering the blinds on my windows right now (laughs) it's
3: over what's what's disturbing here in oregon besides the lack of of suitable testing of course we have almost no testing you can only get tested practically if you're a healthcare worker in oregon but we have people who have symptoms who can't get tested
2: he's only tested 1.5 million people in Uh, in america
3: yeah but i mean it's we've particular we are particularly untested in oregon even by the standards of the whole country that's the best way to put it so we don't know how bad it is and we don't know how many of those 140 ventilators we sent to new york that we're going to need now i'm glad she sent them and i'm glad she shared but it's just the sort of disturbing thing to think about too Is because of the lack of testing, we don't know what uh, what we're going to need. But the streets are not as empty as I would like them to be. I don't mind the people walking their dogs by themselves or going for a jog by themselves. That's fine. They're not going anywhere near anybody else. But there are just a few too many essential businesses open, and I don't know how many of them are essential.
0: Yeah. they ha- I read just... Uh... Just today, a report that here over 70, um, I don't know what the right word, offenses or something have been issued to businesses that were not complying uh, just here in my in my state. And I live in New Mexico. It's not a very large population. So that many businesses uh, being out of compliance is like a lot, really. And it just makes me wonder, you know, how seriously some people are taking this. You can definitely see that some people are not. And the thing is, is, you know, it's the way that this isn't like Captain Trips is that we're not all going to die. But what is happening right now is that our medical system is getting overwhelmed in a lot of places. And if we can't stop the flow of cases from just being a crashing tide, then we're in trouble.
3: I'm. I'm going to bring up the stand again now, since you said we're all not going to die. Unlike Captain Trips, there are there are two sections of the the apocalypse. There's the Captain Trips part of the apocalypse, and there's the stupid people dying because of the lack of medical care part of the apocalypse. And we're right, going so to have to deal with that second one the secondary too.
0: Secondary viruses.
2: We're going to so have. On the subject as, of... Uh, sorry, go
3: ahead. Say as the medical system keeps getting strained, we're going to have that that no big loss uh, stage of the the stand, too. There's a chapter that's called No Big Loss that's just all about people who die either because of some stupid thing they do with nobody to help them, or because of some accident and they just don't have a modern system to protect them anymore, Or even in some cases, the most depressing—just kids who can't survive without their parents. But we're going to see a toned-down version of that too. Not everybody who dies is going to die from the coronavirus. Go ahead.
2: Sorry, what's that, Brandon?
3: I said, go ahead.
2: Okay, I was going to say on essential services. um, I saw a post where they were um, uh, Amazon, uh, an Amazon worker was complaining, uh, saying that dildos were not an essential. Uh, pro, or essential good that they should be mm-hmm. having to deliver, and uh, somebody pointed out that uh, masturbation apparently increases your immune system, uh, <laughs> your ability to fight off infection, <laughs> which makes sense. Which makes sense oh because uh, when you no. when you're having sex with somebody, your body would have an incentive to up the about its ability to fight off infections, right? Your, but also, your, you know, people need something to do in their homes to stay at yes, home. So yes, I would yes, say. Yes. Are definitely an essential product right now that's a
0: stay-at-home item you know stuck in the house let's be real (laughs) um let's talk a little bit about like shortages of of goods on the international scale um there's been some kind of uh interesting tensions between the usa and canada uh over uh the sending of supplies to Canada or not, and uh, this is a you know this is unusual. We don't normally see situations where the USA and Canada are at like a strong political odds and are like looking like they're almost ready to fight. Like it's eighteen twelve again, baby. Let's go. <laughs> um, I it's it's just like it speaks to the 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 nature of this crisis and how extreme it is that. These two countries that would normally like they might fight, but it's in like the sort of like petty like these are family members fighting kind of way over
1: timber but, rights and shit like that. Those are usually right the, like, the disputes we have, and now they're fighting over like life saving supplies and Trudeau's like get got the psychoized. He's talking about consequences and shit like that. He's not playing around.
3: You you don't have to go all the way back to the the War of eighteen twelve though, because in the eighteen 18- 40s yes in the 1840s they had the fanian raids by irish new yorkers into canada to to whip up uh to make trouble for the british essentially
0: oh that is true there yeah there's some spicy history here between the usa and canada it's not very well known but we assure you the tensions are real
3: yeah new yorkers Irish American New Yorkers going into Canada to make trouble because they didn't like the English and they couldn't get to Ireland to fight them there.
2: Well, I think it was—I don't know if it was your guys' your show, um, uh, if it was your Ian Schlackman interview, because I was listening to one of your shows. Um, but somebody had mentioned that uh, neo Nazis are now popping into uh, Zoom meetings and um, and uh, and like spouting racist shit, right? And then using the screen share to to post uh, Nazi images. So uh, we do have some opportunism from extreme right-wing groups. Of course, we're also seeing um, political groups, uh, labor organizers take advantage of this time period and also uh, just feel the need at this time period to um, to take some uh, collective uh, bargaining uh, kind of actions uh, like uh, meat packers and poultry workers things like that are going on strike uh, amazon workers to to try to get um uh, protective equipment um uh, to, you know that they're being denied right now because people are just being sent to work um and just healthcare workers in general also are doing a lot of stuff like that trying to fight against their um, their employers who are just not meeting the need and also trying to suppress any uh, any leaks of um of complaints of things happening, uh, I think twenty percent of all the victims so far, at least that's one stat I'd heard, have been healthcare workers, and so we're losing all these people. And if we have a rebound second wave uh, in the fall and winter, um, we 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 will have more time to prepare, but we may find uh, it's really hard to muster the kind of um, expert staff that we need. But but so these are all kind of things that are going on, uh, we're beginning to see. I I I'm very much concerned. Um, whether this takes a very rightward fascist turn, or whether this takes a leftward turn, um, in the Great Depression we had to go through Herbert Hoover for a long time uh, before FDR emerged. Right and uh, correct. In, yeah, in modern times that sounds like <laughs> not the, the best timeline, especially when the we've got nuclear weapons right now, and they've got the um, the nuclear clock at a hundred seconds to midnight right now, which is the closest it's ever been. Um, So, you know, there's many things that could lead to um, a situation in which this goes from something that sounds pretty bad to something that's really nightmarish and something we would never have expected to see in our lifetimes. Although I have been telling people to expect something like this in our lifetimes (laughs) for a long fucking time. (laughs) Um, oh, I think it's real. Also,
3: Go ahead, Kennedy.
2: We're, you know, we're kind of in this situation where
0: uh, we, we've been talking about this on our show a little bit in some other episodes that we recorded recently that like this is sort of like a sneak preview of climate change in a way. And like how we're able to respond to the needs of changing our infrastructure around for this is kind of like going to tell us something about climate change because that's just around the corner and that's going to also require a similar level of intensive infrastructure reorganizing.
1: Yes, it is. Um, The numbers have just been really galling. I mean, we have 300,000 cases, Um, 8,000 people have died so far. Uh, I think that maybe it's a little bit less of an event because the deaths are spread out across the country it's not traumatic in the same way that 9-11 was. We had an episode where we sat and kind of compared this to 9-11. It's not exactly the same because it's not as sudden, but in a lot of ways it's worse because it's not sudden. And we've seen so much of the corruption and inhumanity uh, in the way that people have responded, whether it's senators like selling their stock off and getting ready to make a little extra money, or Donald Trump could be nationalizing factories right now And just cranking out ventilators but uh his donors like think that they can make more money making whatever they're currently
3: making i guess so they're not let's talk about ventilators sure let's talk about ventilators
0: let's let's get into it let's go
3: i think i mentioned this on our show i don't remember but it still makes me mad so i'm going to mention it again a company called Newport Manufacturing contracted with the Obama administration to make a cheaper and, and, and more efficient ventilator that would that could be, that would be sold to the government for stockpiling and also put on the market for about 5,000 a pop, which is a big difference from the 15 to 30,000 a pop they go for now. Now the contract was signed. this Newport company was going to start re- working on researching and developing and producing these new ventilators. And they got John Galted by a company called, of all things, COVIDian, which is now part of Medtronic, which is a huge, huge, huge medical conglomerate, big business and big tech all in one. And that project died as a result of the takeover. So it's not just the failures of the trump administration it's the failure of the obama administration to protect their own contract to prevent something like this in the future they dropped the ball too everybody dropped the ball
0: yeah it's oh, yeah. unreal and and i don't even i don't know if you heard this one but uh a I... A company in China started 3D printing ventilator parts and is now being sued for it, like mm-hmm. because they copied a, a patented design. Well, they copied a design that they knew would fucking work because they're in a crisis. They don't have time to exactly. do 3D and come up with their own unique patentable version of the thing. They need the thing now, today, and they're saving lives with these 3D printed ventilators. But yes. The machinations of capital are sweeping in immediately and saying, no, 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 you can't do that. We're going to sue you like this is a crisis. It is completely it's vulture esque the what? the way these people are.
3: I, I think we need, you know, since everybody's got the third party fever right now, if, if if we were serious about a lot of things, we would start an American pirate party.
0: I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing because it's entirely stupid.
3: Right.
1: Uh,
2: Donald <laughs> Trump is actually
1: stupid. fighting against the pirate party as we speak. Um, mm-hmm. The pirate party are apparently like doctors and nurses because he's been on TV saying that they're just stealing stuff from the hospitals. Um. And he has never been like very supportive of the ventilator stuff. Every time that they oh. talk to him about it, like last week, he canceled a, a a price because he like wanted to negotiate and get a lower price on the ventilators. And it just sounds like his usual negotiation style, which is to blow the shit up and ruin it. Um, there have been so many new cases and it, it just feels like the White House is not taking it seriously at all
2: my concern yeah my worry is that the uh, the structure of our like lockdowns and shelter at home orders kind of things are just many factors less strict than these other countries that are also having a major problem like europe i think europe is just having is really not doing very well and their rules are much more strict than ours Mm -hmm. Um, And like in Orange County, San Diego County, the freeway is still a third full of what it was before this started, Mm -hmm. which is insane to me. And if you look here in Portland,
3: like that, too,
2: the graphs are going straight up for America. And that's with our lack of testing. They're just going straight fucking up. And if you look at our comparative like um, a trend line to other countries, we're exceeding all of the other countries now. So so are we, and there's no reason to think that we're just, we we would only necessarily like kind of go above the other countries. We could, because this is a geometric growth and exponential growth issue, we could far um, outstrip the other countries in our infection rate. We may already be there, and we just don't know it, because again, we've only tested 1.5 million people.
3: And Um, even, yeah. And even at that, yeah, only no. 1.5 million, we still have the n- largest number of cases in the world now. Yeah, but it's... I,
2: will, you know, I, I will say that like I still think that Sanders is the thing people should be behind uh, right now. And on, in, but I'll come back to that, I guess, on intellectual property. Um, I had been pushing for a while, uh, like a bill I'd called the American Horse Corps, which was kind of an, an interesting. It's an interesting idea to go with the Green New Deal to regreen uh, America through like kind of a cowboy core, um, of public service, kind of like the military, but what it what I really should have been pushing was one of my other bigger ideas, which is a, um, a reversing of the way intellectual property works, which is that you would change intellectual property from, from something you, uh, once you invent something and have an intellectual property, you wouldn't be able to restrict who uses it. There would be no point of sale and cost increase. Uh, countries would have, um, uh, a bureaucracy that would measure how much various intellectual properties were used, and then the country would reimburse the creator. Um, and so you would have free use of all the intellectual property that was being developed at all times. And the government would also create an infrastructure, uh, a searchable database to facilitate uh, people finding that. And um, that might, you know, especially with the, the what we need to do with the Green New Deal, what we need to do now, um, I think people can see the merits of that. Because now you don't have to create a separate contract with that company to use their proprietary product uh, or, or intellectual property. You can just start using it right away. Um, so I, I would like to see, I think that might be an interesting thing for somebody to start pushing. You know, Bernie, it might be too late for Bernie to pick up something like that, but some of the smaller candidates could pick up that as a, as a platform idea. Mm-hmm.
3: I think that would be a good idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, I
0: think that, um, you know, we have to come up with ideas like this to some extent because we have to challenge the idea that capitalism is the only way to breed innovation. I think if you explain concepts of like how technology can be shared and how that can benefit everyone um, and like open source software and, and things like that have obviously kind of led the way in this regard. Um, then, like people tend to see it and go, "Oh, okay." Got an innovation
3: story it. for you too.
0: Oh, okay, let's go.
3: And it's it's suitable because it's about a vaccine. Uh, the innovation stories are the polio vaccine. You know, we've got two, and we use one now, but they used to use they used to use the other. Uh, the first one was the Salk vaccine, which was very much a capitalist undertaking, done the way that we do our neoliberal corporate capitalist research now. People gave a lot of money to a university to fund Salk, and Salk produced a product that was then that was then sold to the U.S. government, right? And as the usual sort of capitalist undertaking, it involved certain sorts of experiments on sort of, let's say, expendable test subjects who sometimes got polio and, and were paralyzed or died. So the original polio vaccine had casualties, right?
2: Second
3: polio. The second polio vaccine which we use now was invented by a man named Arthur Sabin who could not get any funding in the United States for his project from any capitalist investors because they did not see they did not see an economic upside to a better polio vaccine only an economic downside it would devalue all their stores and they couldn't let this come into development until all their stores were used up you know what i mean so He ended up, Sabin, who invented the polio vaccine that everybody uses now, the oral pills they give to kids that don't even involve a needle and have a much, much lower risk of side effects. He was funded by the USSR. The Soviet government gave him the money to do it through the UN. The polio vaccine we use now is an example of Soviets funding innovation.
2: The Soviets did a lot of good stuff really well i mean they they did some a lot of stuff badly but they did do a lot of stuff very well and a lot of basic america, science kind of stuff. america yeah, of owes the soviets well. for
3: its polio vaccine yeah
0: yeah you know people don't really like to admit things like that it has to be <laughs> black and white soviet <laughs> union bad you know uh capitalism good uh you know the first clinton the first uh term of the clinton presidency was the height of you know all good things or whatever (laughs) i don't know it's it is interesting how much of that stuff has been sort of swept under the rug over time to sort of paint this picture that the soviet union was just this sort of sadness place where people lived in prison and (laughs) ate shoes or something it's just it's it's silly Um, the whole thing yeah, about bread lines it, it is they meant me.
3: The whole thing about bread lines was they meant that in order to eat all you had to do was stand in line.
0: Also, this is something that I've heard many times before is that like if there was a long line it meant there was something good at the end of it. There exactly. wasn't like a long line of people who were starving waiting for some bread. Those lines so, were relatively short. The, yes. the people were standing in a long line because they heard there were fucking donuts at the end of it or something. Or a
3: color TV or, or, or whatever.
2: The new Apple product, the new iPhone. Yes. <laughs> but well, I, don't,
1: I don't know how much innovation comes from an economic system. I mean, when I think of innovation, I think of things that people do. And those people, you know, they are people who have access to education. You need an education to innovate. You need free time to innovate. When we think about the people who have had really big success in our economic system, they're uh, Bezos. What did he have? $300,000 to start a company. How many people in your neighborhood, whether it's you guys that are here hosting with me or you guys that are listening at home, how many of y'all have in your neighborhood anybody with $300,000 to hey. give you? Or if you asked your relatives for $300,000, they would look like, look at you like you've got like some like a, a, a vine growing out of your eyeball or something. Um, imagine what so, we could
3: do with our media co-op idea with $300,000 of seed seed money, Niall.
1: Imagine what most political groups or promotions on the left yeah. could do with the money that, I mean, Ben Shapiro just gets and sets on fire. He spends $40,000 a week on Facebook advertisements. There oh. is you know, a coach brother that's just got money to just promote Ben's brand. And, the thing about right-wing media is it never has to be profitable uh because it's you can always find some billionaire that's like hey we're standing for you and they're like hey i like to be stand for it here you go here's the money um absolutely that's not like a luxury that that we have
2: and all the way the way it's always been um
1: i know we have to yeah we have to beg for money all the time
3: we have to to beg for money from people who don't always have it who 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 want to fund us out of belief in what we're doing and hope that we're not that that we're doing enough good that it's worth inconveniencing them um
1: education is something that has been historically provided through the public the industrial revolution i mean that was nationally funded science
3: um nationally funded espionage
1: of course, of course. <laughs> and so much of the innovation for, in capitalism isn't scientific innovation. It's like commerce. It's
2: company- how, to, how to commit fraud better. How to commit fraud better. How can it's I property- How can <laughs> I
3: commodify this thing that everybody gets for free now so that people ha- will pay me to get something that right now is free? Company the, is looking- Go ahead. Sorry,
2: all yeah. All the smartest people in America, or not all of them. A lot of a lot of people that are very smart just want to create great things, um, but those people will do it no matter what. All all of the um, uh, most of the really really smart people that don't have that altruism in their heart, they're working on in like the financial industry and how to create like exotic um, uh, financial tools in order to again <clears throat> defraud people and to make money out of out of thin air um, that they shouldn't have to strip money out of the stock market through like uh, automated trading you know high, uh, high frequency trading um you know derivatives uh, they're they're working in uh, advertising to figure out how to manipulate people. They're working in political campaigns to propagandize people. They're working in think tanks to to create a, to create all the kind of like constructs of thought that we have that we we all have to deal with on social media. It starts in a think tank with some really smart people that get paid a lot of money in order to to try to seed. The, the, the thought processes we're going to have in a certain way, to frame issues in a certain way. I'm going to argue just and, uh, a little
3: bit with you. Oh, I'm sure, increasingly less convinced that they're not really smart. I'm convinced. I mean, I'm, I'm argue. more convinced that they're not really smart, rather.
1: I'm going to argue uh, uh, on Niall's side here. Anybody that's paying someone to think, they're not thinking about anything that's real good. It's very rare that you get paid That's to always think true. To
3: what I mean is what I mean is those people who get paid to think are not as smart as the people paying them think they are or as they think oh, they course. are. I mean, let's face um, it, when we're talking about those smart people in think tanks, we're talking about people like Near Attendon who's not smart. We're talking about people like Max Boot, who's not smart. Those are the things well, And they have
0: a, they have a short-sighted smartness in is is one way that I would put it. Like we talked about this when uh, we had Ian Schlackman on the show recently. Um, you know, like capitalism does encourage a certain kind of efficiency, but that efficiency only works in the short term. And this actually relates back to coronavirus because uh, you know, we could have things like emergency infrastructure, That exists and sits empty most of the time, like hospitals that are empty in every city most of the time. And then when something bad happens, we open them up. Um, If we had
3: surplus hospitals instead of a hospital shortage.
0: Right. Exactly. Like we could actually have a surplus. But capitalist deficiency would always say, well, no the most efficient thing to do today is to shut that thing down, start saving some money. Um, but that doesn't we can increase make... the
3: prices for medical service at the hospitals that are still open.
0: Right. And then there's that, you know, even more twisted side to it. But it's just like the whole thing. We could have infrastructure right now during this crisis to help us. And we don't because of this so-called efficiency. And so now we're losing efficiency in the long term. And this is like The problem that we're seeing with this short-sighted capitalism over and over again right now in our lifetimes is that they're sort of like, well, we can make a bunch of money right now, today, real quick, and then a few years later, the entire fucking economy grinds to a halt. That's not efficient. You
3: know, you know what the trouble is, don't you, is that the the mixed economy capitalists, had, their be- had the, the, most important, the most important psychological gimmick in their arsenal stolen by the neoliberal capitalists. Mixed yeah. economy capitalists built Keynesianism on what John Maynard Keynes himself described as, in the long run, we're dead. That deficit spending today didn't matter because we were going to be dead when the debt came due. Now the what we're getting, what we get from Buchananism and Friedmanism and all the the variations of neoliberal economics today, is in the long run we're dead. So extract the maximum profits now, because we won't be we won't be alive to see the bad consequences.
0: Well, isn't that convenient for these old rich fucks? Really it is. is.
3: <laughs> when we talk about innovation and capitalism,
1: uh, it generally comes down to cutting labor co- cutting labor costs and Mm -hmm. advertising most of the things Mm -hmm. that you run into that are like wow that's a new idea it's just a way to cut labor labor costs or to advertise more effectively uh Mm. if you look at any of these funky apps like a lyft or an uber it's literally it's just cutting labor costs or uh it's selling less to the customer it's just making a package a smaller package it's coming up with paperwork to give people less even uh, it's things that- up with paperwork to give people less shit. Um, and over time, and- over years, we've cut labor to the to the bone, we've cut yeah. the packaging to the bone, the advertising is manipulative as possible, and now there's very little left to give that's of any
3: value to people. There's very little new value to give people, and you've got this you've got this culture where hey, even some of the things that we depend on as let's say independent media. Well, what's YouTube but a chance to sell advertising without having to pay for the content yourself?
2: Yeah, of course, uh, you know, our stuff would immediately get demonetized. So we're not even bothering with allowing them to have advertising. True. Um, So there's that, which we never will, by the way. Um, uh, As long as I... I wouldn't
3: either. But I'm just... I mean, that's (laughs) really what it exists for, is that it exists as a way... I mean, to yeah, it's,
2: it's also to manipulate um, thought patterns by giving incentives. So when you have like things like super chats and um, you've got um, uh, Google algorithms that favor right wing thought processes and not left wing thought processes, and they favor certain subject matters over other subject matters, but if you look at the whole American experiment, it's, it's based on the, um, this, and, and I mean, you can just go way back in Western culture for this. Um, uh, it's based on, um, cutting people, dividing people up between uh, mindless drones and, and people who use higher functioning and it's fewer, fewer and fewer people are given that, um, uh, that luxury uh, of having the higher-functioning job, and they want everyone else to just be as dumb and docile and obedient as possible. That's that's why the education system is the way it is. But that's that's the that's that's kind of the um, uh, that's that's the hole we're digging ourselves, right? So we have we have people that are given fewer, less and less education. We have people that are made more and more unhealthy because the more unhealthy they are, the more um, the more profitable they are the more of an impulse drive that you have if you're unhealthy you're desperate if you're desperate you'll you go, you're gonna stop at the fast food restaurant you're gonna buy the candy bars um, uh, you're gonna you're gonna impulse buy things you know for status or whatever um, you're gonna be in uh, the depths of despair and you're gonna be needing your your depression and anxiety medications right it's it's all uh, it's like um, if you ever saw that movie the fifth element, um, the the big bad guy you know describes his economic contribution through breaking some things in his office intentionally, and then having all these robots come and clean it up. And he says, "Look at all this economic activity I've created, yeah.
3: right? All this life."
0: <laughs> that's but, that's Keynesian economics in a nutshell, right there. I always it's freed me
3: even more. It's even more. It's Buchanan's economics. Break yeah, everything. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's definitely Buchanan's economics for me. You've got me <laughs> tied to. Them to
1: a T. Um we've actually <laughs> thought we talked a little bit about monetizing uh some of our partners that we've like done work with. They are doing things that are outside of politics um just because they are easier to monetize and they feel comfortable maybe putting advertising on a sports spin-off a sports mm-hmm. spin-off podcast than mm-hmm. they do a political podcast. We are we have sometimes mused about doing something like that. But I just feel like we already work so hard on this that uh, doing a spin-off would just be tough. like I just I, I just want to see how far we can go just from regular donations from people um, And look, here's the thing you can always get get better at asking for money. Um, yeah. and it's a lot easier than starting a new branch of your business that's just about dungeons and dragons or uh, uh, a true crop true crime stories or the NFL season. By the way, uh if you invested your podcast work into uh sports coverage, shout out to you. You just got fucked by this coronavirus. Yes. Sorry about that. God. There's a
3: there's a <laughs> so there's a sports podcast that I used to listen to a lot even though the hosts were all really really liberal called Burn It All Down, which is great because it's about women's sports and all the nasty sexism, even in women's sports and all the the amazing things that female athletes do despite all that shit. So it's actually great. And I'm just thinking it must really suck for their podcast right now.
2: Well, I mean, we do, uh, I, we can't talk about it too much, but um, Chris and I and some other people, we do have a project that we're probably going to be announcing soon. Um, but our funding model and my, my um, just kind of, we all agreed, but you know where, where I started it, when I started doing my show is I made a pledge to my viewers that I would never take advertise. I would never take anything that was biasing. I would never take investors that could bias my coverage. I would never take advertising. I would never use super chats to prioritize some people's comments over others. Um, all of those things would be verboten It would just be, there'd be a button and you could donate. And I think that's the better way to go. Um, I mean, if somebody want, I'm not going to tell somebody don't do a sports thing. If you want to do a do- sports thing, do the sports thing, but don't, I would say just, don't do it because it's a source of revenue like that just feels bastardizing and it's a it's just going to take away some of your attention anyway and even the advertising for that can carry over into your main content right it's going to corrupt you in some way and i know there's no perfect way to do this and and as long as people are like not promoting things that look to me like uh they've been paid to have an opinion i'm not going to like shit on them you know but uh sure, that's sure. just that's where that's where I'm at and the kind of things, the projects I want to work on. Um, obviously I have a little bit of a luxury uh because whether my this succeeds or not, I'll be comfortable because of my family situation. Um, probably, you know. Um I've, who knows how the Great Depression goes. We may be guillotined, I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking speaking as
1: someone who is not uh probably won't be comfortable regardless of their family situation. Uh we've we've kind of thought about like I'm used to just letting people kind of go for small moral waivers or whatever. I mean, I've had people in my city who've like joined the military and they're like, yeah, the military is like a fuck, but I got to get some some college. There's literally no other way to get money for this thing. And y- you kind of know ideologically that it's not like the best thing to do, but you kind of look the other way. Um, on a much smaller scale, we do, you've talked about like, you don't want to do special benefits for anyone, but like we do have, we haven't done it yet but we do plan to have like a conference call for like people who don't donate a certain amount of money. And I'm wondering like, is that too much like the the Diamond Joe fireside chats? It's a, like a $25 fireside chat. I wouldn't say that we're being morally bought out or anything, but you know, we do it. Our plan is to eventually do it once a month. Maybe we're not doing the right thing. I don't know.
3: I'll, I'll tell you how I see it. Um. There are some, obviously there are some things for our show together that I, I would not second guess Niall because he has to be comfortable with what we're doing too. And so I wouldn't do anything on our show that he wasn't comfortable with. Uh, but for my own stuff, I mean, I can see things like prioritizing, not if people are donating to your activism, they have a certain right to know what you're doing with the money. That's exactly why billionaire donors are so dangerous.
2: Oh no! You should have total transparency. What you're doing with it, I I believe and, in total transparency and, with and, money too.
3: And if people are and if people are, I do have I put a poll out before I started my Patreon because I wanted to see what people wanted. You
1: told the, this story and it's colored my thinking quite a lot.
3: Poll that I put out said should I just have simple, you know, one dollar or three dollar access where people can pay me what they want as they go along and and they they can do whatever they want uh, on a consensual basis donate for a while stop start up again just one monthly fee everything access to everything or should i have tiers where people who want to can join up and have a chat room and 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 see some special members only live streams like like uh, some of the big people do, you know, Jimmy Dore and the Young Turks all do the live streams. And people said they wanted, by a big majority, people answered the poll saying they wanted the tiers. They wanted the choice to be able to pay more if they wanted to and get a little more. And see, I would rather,
2: I would rather, and, you know, I understand. I think there's a difference between um, being, there's a place where you have to decide where you're going to be purely democratic with your viewers because you also have to realize the people that are attracted to a platform are attracted for specific reasons and it's not necessarily like reflective of the population you're necessarily trying to serve but also i think there's a point you have to decide where you're going to be democratic about it and where you're going to be a leader about it uh, because we have to we have to lead and and create the kind of world that we want and the world i want as far as a content creator is if somebody has really good comments and and, and uh, sends in really good stuff, I want to I want to respect that. But like I've seen a lot of these shows where they have the super chats and I know like people that I know are fucking grifters. And I'm sorry if the cursing is a problem for the podcast. No, um, it's
1: fine. They absolutely they're, allowed to say whatever the fuck you want on this podcast, right. buddy. There are, there are, <laughs> Let it fly.
2: There are people that I know are fucking grifters, and I see their names coming up in like Jamar Thomas's feed all the time, and Jimmy Dore's feed, in uh, 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 Graham Elwood's feed, Ron Placone's feed. I see their names coming up, and I'm like, I know that's a fucking grifter, and, they're, and they're, where's their money coming from? Like, it's a really insidious, easy way to start corrupting a content creator. Um, you know, it might be why you know Jimmy's made this switch to uh, like basically creating a content uh, buffet that uh, that does not turn off Trump supporters. So he's got like like a third or a half of his supporters or his viewers now are like Trump supporters, and they're happy to listen to him because he doesn't say very much at all that would offend a Trump supporter. And you know, I don't I want I don't want that. You know, I want to come at where I'm going at the issues honestly. Now, obviously, I'm going to be affected by my audience, but I don't want to be infected. Uh, Affected by my audience monetarily, right? If oh. that makes
3: sense. And and I don't, I wouldn't want to be affected by my audience monetarily either. But I understand, and I understand the sort of discomfort about money for access. But people who are donating more do have a certain right to to more access, and that's sort that's the whole problem again of do they do they donation. Money. I Maybe. mean, that's if a start poor,
2: You know, someone's dirt poor. Why are we discriminating against them? And do we need them to, like, apply to some special contest? If you're oh, really oh. poor, please apply to the Poor People's Contest to get the exclusive content. Or, fuck you, you're poor. And I know you can't afford to donate. Like, it just doesn't work for oh, me. That doesn't it, make well, any sense. I can't speak
1: for everybody who makes content online. But like if there was somebody with no money that really wanted to hang out with this sh- with the creators of this show, just join the Discord. Like we have a public Discord, you can literally hang out with us for hours. We literally just hang out here all day. Um, like
0: and it, we're it, really like we're just posting like the most boring shit though. I gotta work now. We're like, it, Hey, I
1: made a meal. <laughs> it just does depend on the size of the creator, but For a lot of places and people on Twitter, it's just like you can just literally dip into anybody's DMs. The internet is very democratic by the standards of democracy. Um,
3: I guess the way that, that I would... I guess the way that I would look at the way I'm trying to do my show is I'm trying to do my Patreon is I I look at it as a as a political action committee. And do you want to be a donor or do you want to buy in and be a member? Right. Um, The the
1: other thing that I'll just add is when you're talking about sponsorships from corporations, especially. But really, anybody. sure. Like if you're like, well, uh, our podcast is sponsored by Blue Apron and really like it's here's the thing it's very rare. Like if you're a podcast, it's very rare that the Blue Apron uh, uh, lobby is going to get in the way of your content, right? Like it's just kind of off to the side of what the issues that we talk about. But when we talk about any kind of business, you are not always buying, like when we think of being bought off, you we tend to think of it as, well, you, you, you get a check from Blue Apron and you're like, we love Blue Apron. Blue Apron's the best. But there's also a softer form of when you're sponsored by someone, it makes you soften your criticism or maybe more hesitant to criticize them. Um, And that is kind of what, you know, politicians have have to deal with all the time because they get, you know, if, if there's a company that sponsors both parties, but they're still giving you money, it makes you maybe not want to say that an industry should be erased for the good of the citizens of a country. Maybe it makes you say, well... You know, we can have an option for people
3: to get the public if they want that kind of thing. I don't want those kinds of donors. I'd say no to them.
2: I'd say like the good revenue stream that you can use um, that 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 is um, more retail um, and does have an exclusivity kind of feature to it that I'm okay with is like you know have a link to like buy our T-shirt, right? And you make a profit off of it by our coffee mug that I'm okay with. See, like, the, I think, well,
0: okay, so actually, we I, had we ha- we've we had a moral issue with this. That's
1: so funny it's that,
0: that you guys problem. use that as a good, you're outsourcing of a
3: lot of the profit to some to some capitalist in that, in that scenario. True. Unless but we also,
0: there's stuff. an exploitative aspect to how a lot of these kinds of things are produced. And so, we had a meeting as a podcast a little while back, like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And and we talked about some of the stuff that we wanted to do um, to sort of like keep growing the show and keep improving it and blah, blah. And um, we all really want to do merch. We really, really do. We have a couple of great ideas um, already for some, some designs that would come from jokes from the show and things like that. Right. Um but we discussed it and none of us, we agree that none of us would feel good about selling a t-shirt unless it was like, they, like kind of sweatshop free and like union exactly. and stuff like that.
1: And <laughs> so, maybe yeah. one day we'll break on that issue if, but I don't think we will. I doubt that we will. We're all human beings. I mean, we all have to answer to the machinations of that. And we're also a very small scale show. I mean, we get less than... $100 in donations. I think we get like 50 bucks a month. Not a lot.
2: Well, how about, um, I mean, would it be impossible? Cause this is kind of what I've thought about merch. I've had this about, um, so my, my conception would be that somebody or some or like it would be spread out among different people, but uh, would be responsible for, um, finding uh, used clothing. So like used t-shirts and then you do a screen printing on those and then you send them, send them out. So it's perfectly, it's custom made. Maybe they cost a little more. um, But, uh, but nobody's being exploited. You're keeping a t-shirt from being like wasted uh, that might not have been bought because, you know, it's a lot of that stuff just gets thrown out uh, when it doesn't sell, it sits on the shelf too long. Um, Or, you know, you find other types of articles of clothing uh, now I don't know about making your own coffee mugs and stuff. That might be a little harder. Although you know, uh, some towns have like a public kiln that you can use, but it might not be economical because it might cost you more than anyone would ever want to pay for a mug. You might have to charge thirty dollars for like a handcrafted mug. And I don't know if there's a way to print on used mugs that would work. <laughs> yeah, but I don't these think are kind so. of th- yeah. there are these kind of solutions, you know. And you can personalize things. You could print something out and sign it. And send it out, right? Uh, Which wouldn't be that bad. Obviously, at some point, I think you've got to be at the point, like even using these these computers and everything we use, it's all exploitative at some point. So at some point, it's that that meme, like um, you know, uh, you criticize capitalism and yet you live in capitalism, you know, (laughs) right? As the
3: the best Matt Bohr's cartoon of all of all time, which is which I use as As a meme all the time, all the time.
1: You criticize the society, and yet you participate in it. How curious. Very
2: smart.
0: (laughs) Very curious. Uh, Listen, this has been a lot of fun. Believe it or not, we've already blown through about an hour of recording. I Believe it. And
3: we have to do a show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that we were going to end this show on, like, sort of the ethics of media.
1: Ethics of clout, Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Epic's of clout but you know considering who we brought on i shouldn't be that surprised uh also we're all stuck inside we're thinking about our shows a lot right now i think um so you know it was just kind of natural if we're going to talk about the things that we're doing during coronavirus it's uh make content for some of us uh and uh it was fun to make this content with you guys today niall Elkham and chris richards let the internet know where they can find you and hang out with you and watch your stuff.
1: Let the internet know how you've chosen to monetize your creations.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I don't really have... I, did ha- I do have a Patreon page up, uh, but I don't use it uh, or promote it. So uh, at some point I'll have mine, but you can go ahead and just um, work on uh, Chris's for now. But you can find me... Um, at n i a l e l k i m, that's Nile Elcum, and uh, I'm the only Niall Elcum that exists, as far as I know. So if you Google me, and Google is not hiding me from uh, from you for whatever Google's purposes are, you'll be able to find me. But Twitter is really my main place. My DMs are open. Um, always, always happy to talk to new people and collaborate, and just just hear what people are thinking because. You know i don't i don't have all the all the best information myself it all it all comes from being a part of uh the community of humanity and uh it's thank you very everybody. much for having me on the show
3: Chris? when he first and when first, it's true when he first invited me on his show i had fewer followers than he did and now i've got i'm surprised sometimes by how much my account has grown in such little time uh but uh uh my uh My Twitter is at Eclectic Radical. My Patreon is patriot.com slash Eclectic Radical. I recently started writing uh, for the progressive good, which you can follow at Read Progressives on Twitter. And I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Thanks very much. You have a great night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll be definitely talking with you guys again sometime.
2: Sure, it won't be the sure. last time. We
1: hang out on Twitter every day. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll record something in the future. It's all good.
2: Yeah, maybe something more exciting than uh, the ethics of uh, monetization. <laughs> it was exciting.
1: Listen, we talk about Medicare for all in every episode. So the ethics of clout is actually kind
3: of fresh for some of our listeners. We could be like the CW superhero shows and do a crossover every year. Heck yeah. That's right.
0: That's right. right. All right. Well, until then, it has been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you do not follow the show on Twitter, it is at NSF Wonks. And, you know, we're always posting fun stuff, uh, getting into trouble over there. You don't want to miss out on it. And, uh, you know, if you're not completely crushed under the weight of coronavirus and you have a few bucks to spare because you're working from home and things aren't so bad, you know, maybe head on over to patreon.com slash not safe and check out what we've got going on over there. It really helps to support a truly independent show that has no money coming from Koch brothers or mom and dad. It's just us scraping two nickels together. And if you add one more, it makes a huge difference. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.
2: Bye-bye. All right. I take it that's...